We just out here skating, you know, every day we do so. Let's fucking sir! Let's go! We in this bitch. I really didn't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is modern day hippie shit. I thought it just happened when you did that. <laughs> Three, two, one, and we are. Back at you, we are live. What's good, people? <laughs> you already know what it is. Another episode of MDH TV. You know, we coming with that heat for y'all. You feel me? Back at it again. Best podcast in the history of all history. You already know. Um, we got some things I know y'all are looking forward to hearing about today that we're going to talk about. <laughs> But you know, before we really get into it, uh, how you been? I mean, I've been good, man. How you been? I've been pretty good, you know, just chilling, working, skating. You already know the usual. Yeah, how's working though? How you feel about it? Uh, it's like it is what it is, you know, like this working just solidifies in my mind the fact that I need to be my own boss and I don't want to work under nobody else because like it's just not it like you know it's just not what i'm trying to do but today actually um i worked nights for the first time and like one i gotta tell you the difference between working a day shift versus a night shift is so crazy because like while i was working in the day i had to you know make sure i went to sleep by a certain time had to uh when i was and it was busiest in the day because it's like a, a kind of a breakfast kind of restaurant. So it was super busy, but I worked at the night shift for the first time today. And while I tell you, I was literally sitting there for about three hours, not doing nothing. Like literally just sitting. Like when you called me, <laughs> I was hoping that you stayed on the phone because that's how bored I was, bro. bro. I was like... That was this so is funny, bro. You like, <laughs> picked up the phone and you had some, like a big bowl. And I thought, what was you doing? Like making biscuits or something? Yeah, I was making, I was uh, <laughs> mixing the biscuits. <laughs> yeah. And it, the crazy thing is like, I was literally just making extra biscuits because I had nothing to do. I already had a bunch of biscuits. There was really no customers or nothing. So I was just standing there and I'm like, Dang, what do I do? I just felt like, you know, it was cool because the only reason it was cool is because I was at work getting paid instead of just being at home doing nothing. But at the same time, it's like, you know, my time is like, basically I'm wasting my time. I'm just sitting around here, not doing anything with my time. I could there was so much better things that I could have done with that time. Like I could have been skating. I could have been, well, I couldn't have skated today actually because it rained, but yeah, I know. But 
you know, the point is I, I could have been like working out, doing a whole bunch of stuff, but instead I was clocked in, sitting there instead of, and this, this is what I realized what, what was crazy about like working uh, for like big chains and like big corporations is because they don't value what you do. They value how much time you put in. Like you're essentially selling your time and you can and it's kind of like communism because no matter if i make 300 biscuits or 30 biscuits i'm getting paid the same regardless so i would thought about it because the person that uh who got off from my station before i left like when i came in she got off she had a bunch of biscuits already made so many that I didn't even have to make any biscuits for my shift. So I'm like, how is it fair that she had to do all this work during busy time and I get to come in and just leech off of her work and still get paid the same amount? That is crazy. And then not only that, like I was doing more work today than half of the staff was doing. And I was mad. So I'm like, that's crazy. I'm getting paid either the same amount or probably less than some of these people because they've been there longer and they got probably raises and stuff. And I'm doing way more work than them. So yeah, that's just, it's just, that just showed me how weird, you know, shit like that is. Yeah, but trust me, I, I get you. McDonald's was like the worst experience of my life. Like till this day, I still have like trauma from going there and working there every day. I hated that place with a passion. Like I remember, the day I quit, the lady was like, the general manager was like, yeah, because she was trying to be mean because like I was leaving. She was like, yeah, I could tell this job wasn't meant for you. I was like, yeah, you I was like, you damn right. McDonald's isn't meant for me. I didn't want to be here. In the That's first. a compliment. <laughs> yeah, like, imagine, imagine somebody being like, yeah, your McDonald's is your thing. That's you. That's your goal. It's crazy that you say that because literally like, and this is nothing against the guy who, you know, trained me because I actually think like he's pretty cool. Like, I, I think like he's interesting. Like, I kind of want to talk more to him. But like when he was showing me how to make biscuits, I was like, wow, this dude is really good at making biscuits. <laughs> but then I was like, do I compliment him on his ability to make biscuits would that be rude? Because, like, because, like, in my head, I was like, this dude is a good-ass biscuit maker. <laughs> and I really wanted to network with him based off of his skills and the biscuit making. Because I was like, he's working hard. That was the point that I, I was like, that I that I saw. Just, just from how I saw him making them biscuits and, like, the speed he was doing it at. I was like, I can tell that this dude is a very, like, hard worker. And, like, he really tries a lot in whatever he does. So, like, that's what, you know, like, drew me to him. But then I was like, damn, I'm giving him all this props when all he's doing is making biscuits. But, but, <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like it's, like, a huge misconception that, like, fast food workers don't work hard. You feel me? But they work hard. Like, I, like... Hell yeah. I worked at Amazon compared to McDonald's. I worked so much harder at McDonald's and I bear and I barely put in effort. So I know the people that was really working hard. That like I'm not gonna say it's a hard job, but it's it's hard to just keep doing and keep and just a positive attitude. Yeah, 
Yeah. Those managers who can go in there happy every single day, that, that's a beautiful thing because I couldn't. Yeah. See, it's different being a manager, though, because you just really supervising people doing work. Uh, at McDonald's, they do, they do the work, too. Oh, for real? Uh, yeah. Fuck McDonald's, though, honestly. Yeah. But. I don't know about any other factory, though. Maybe it's different. Because I heard McDonald's is, like, not the same as everywhere else. Yeah, McDonald's isn't the same food-wise, nutrition-wise, and I guess work-wise even. But, yeah, like, that just, like, really shocked me because I was, like, and not only that, I felt like a, an assembly line worker because literally for eight hours I was doing the same exact thing. So I was, like, it was just, like, really, and then you're inside around a bunch of machines and, all of that so like that's no fun either i'm inside around all these machines for eight hours straight don't get to see no sunlight don't get to breathe no fresh air so mm -hmm. like do you get go ahead wear a face mask uh well there's we're supposed to but i don't like at all like, i'll have it at first when i first started i had the the face sleeve mm -hmm. and then um but I would only wear it over my mouth. And then sometimes, then I stopped even doing that. But then I, like, they have the face mask because I guess my face sleeve was against dress code or whatever. So I had that on, but it was only under my chin. But then that would start hurting my ears. So I just took it off. And, like, I literally wasn't wearing it at all. So you just be raw dogging it? Yeah. But, like, I can get away with it because um, I'm in the back. So oh, I don't yeah. really care. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but like the people in the front, they gotta wear it. Yeah, I, I mean, bro, honestly, I told myself this when I was like working at McDonald's. I was like, bro, if I have to, like that kind of like motivated me and was like, you gotta do something different with your life. Cause if you stay here, I if I stayed there, I would like, like that Frank Ocean song, I'd rather live outside than go there every single day. Cause I, I literally yeah. couldn't do it. So like, I don't know, yeah. maybe like, maybe having a fast food job at a young age is like low key a good thing because it, it, it pushes you and it lets you know, like it shows you the darker side of, of work. Cause a lot of people think, oh, I'm just go to work. I'm gonna get a job and work eight hours. But that eight hours is hard, especially when you got to do it every day. It's like, yeah. it shows you like, yeah, money's gonna come, but it shows you at an early age that like, are you gonna, jeopardize your happiness in order just to get some money exactly like is this money worth it yeah are you gonna pursue your your real happiness exactly because like you know i only worked a week so far and we get paid weekly which is cool and like my first paycheck i'm getting 300 dollars. so i'm like yeah that's cool for a week i guess but then i was like is that 300 dollars really worth you know, me spending four, yeah, I think it was four days, no, no, five days trapped in, in basically in a, in a little cubicle, except it didn't have the walls, doing the same thing over and over for eight hours, no fresh air, no sunlight, basically losing my mind. Like, was, is that $300 of meaningless cash really worth that? And, you know, like right now, you know, yeah, just because, <laughs> you know, just because niggas is broke and, you know, I need money 
when I go back to school to like get skate stuff and you know just to do stuff. But that's the crazy thing. The fact that we think that we need money, you know, like because it's such a necessity in this society. But at the end of the day, it's just paper. Bro, lit- bro, literally when I paid for um because we had went out right to eat earlier today and we paid like with when I called you, we paid like half with money and half with card. And then she was about to leave the tip or she left the tip, but I gave her cash or I gave her money for it. And I was like, that's crazy. I just gave her $5. And it's it just that simple. Like something like $5, it's not a lot, but it's crazy that like that $5 is literally so valuable and you can just give it up just like that. I literally thought that today while I was handing her $5 and I was like, yeah. It's like, see, the, the, this is the thing about money. Like, it only has the value that human beings give to it. Because at the end of the day, it's just some paper that we print. So we let this paper that we print and we created control our lives to a point where it's making the general population, the general public unhappy yeah. and miserable and depressed. And, yeah. like, that's really insane how we're stuck in the same cycle and not only not only are we stuck in the same cycle, we're telling ourselves that it's normal and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's crazy how much like something that that man made is controlling man. You feel me? I well, I guess it's not that crazy, but I wonder like back in the old times when like people would just trade things, was it the same thing? Like, was it like? I need to get this much or was it more so just like I have this I might trade it for this or were people like slaving for it like how they are now yeah I think like what money did was introduce greed and and value because you you know like I said money it's just paper you know the one dollar bill and the hundred dollar bill are printed on the same paper they just have different numbers on them but that $1 and that $100 bill, they have different values. So I think back when it was like just bartering, really, yes, stuff had value, but you were basically going off of things that you need, necessity. So you couldn't, you know, now today, they can price a carton of eggs for what, 2 $3. But back in the day, you traded what you, you traded for what you needed. So if you had a gold chain and you needed some eggs, that gold chain was worth them eggs. It wasn't worth two or three dollars. But yeah. now since we've set this money society up, we've placed a number value on things. And that has like tricked us into thinking that some things are worth more than others. When in reality, it's just worth how much you need that thing at that moment in time. Like, why this like like you know and it i don't know why it always goes back to like you know shoes and clothes for me but like jeans and and jordans and stuff Mm -hmm. you need shoes or well you don't need shoes but let's just say for this you know example everybody needs shoes people would rather go spend 220 dollars for some jordans which are pretty uncomfortable 
rather than get some sketches or something, or don't even gotta be sketches, some cheaper shoes that are way more comfortable, way more durable, probably for way less money. Yeah. It's it just, and when they're, they're both shoes, right? But the value that the money placed on the Jordans is making more people go get that when in reality, they're both shoes made from the same, it's the same products, the same leather, the same, whatever the fuck shoes are made of. I don't know. Yeah. And, and what it also brought, in my opinion, is it brought monopoly type, type like feelings because back then it was like, okay, if you're a farmer, you're a farmer, you have this one thing and that's your trade. And if you're a cook, then you cook and that's your trade. But now it's like you have so many people not being cooks, but like McDonald's workers, for example, who are basically cooks who can now go into the system and make money. But it's like now you have these big corporations or these bigger people taking over what somebody's trade once was. So now there is no like there is no like mom and pop chefs. It's like, yeah, the Gordon Ramsay burger or the uh, food chain restaurants. So it brought in like it's greed and it brought in more outlets for people to to take over. You feel me? Like, yeah, if it's a shoemaker, then it's a shoemaker. But now it's Jordan, it's Nike, it's Adidas, it's all these other brands. And that's why. Well, I'm not going to get into skateboarding, but go ahead. Unless. Yeah. And like, yeah, we can get into skateboarding after this, but. I just have a couple more points I wanted to make about the fast food, but it's crazy that you said that about the monopoly. Cause it's like, like you said, back then people were good at things, right? You were good at this thing, but what money has done, which, you know, in some instances it may be good and some may, it may be bad. People don't necessarily have to be good at, at anything now. Like they can just do a job, get money, and then use that money to get what they would need, what they would have needed in the olden days to to get eggs or to get food or whatever. Like people don't know how to garden and grow their own food because now they have money and they can buy their buy food for from somebody else who does it. Mm-hmm. So what money is doing, it's making people more, it's making people more people unskilled like it's making the skill level of the general population go down and down and down and down so like like you said monopolies are controlling all of this they may have the skills but if they're giving you pennies already for doing all the hard labor labor what makes you think that if all this shuts down they're going to share those skills with you they're not so you're basically dependent on hoping that a fragile system based off of paper that we give crazy values is going to stay stay alive and stay upholding like this is the thing i always think of what would you do if the grocery store wasn't there anymore so many people would starve to death and like literally die because they don't know how to grow food they don't know how to hunt don't know how to do a bunch of stuff they just always go to the store buy what they need to eat so some people don't even know how to cook they just go eat fast food every day. So it's like, if this society failed, where would you be? What would you be able to do? But the, you know, like, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say the problem really, you can't really put the blame on the individual person because there's really no way to be taught. Like it's like from a kid, 
no one's no there's no classes on hunting or there's no classes on growing your own food so it's like it's like is is it really our fault or are we just not exposed to it see i think it's a two-way street you know i think at you know and this is where it gets tricky for me because kids you're brought into the world not really knowing anything everything that you know you're taught so if you're not being taught how to hunt being taught how to grow food you won't know how to but at the end of the day we all grow up and we become adults so if you're an adult and you're not trying to find out how to do this or what you need to do to be able to support yourselves that's when the blame goes on you because you know i'm just always i'd rather hold myself accountable than you know say it's not my fault because that means my whole own life's not in my own hands and i don't like to think like that so i'd rather hold myself accountable even when i know it's not my fault because then i at least have my own fate in my own hands and i can control what is going on in my life so many people like to point fingers at everybody else like with the political stuff with just really anything school sports they like to point fingers and once you get caught up in doing that, that's like opening Pandora's box. You just keep doing that. You'll just keep finding reasons on why you're not succeeding. And you'll use those as scapegoats instead of trying to be accountable and figure out what you need to do differently. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, another thing that, you know, I've realized about fast food that like really just, working there like really opened my eyes to is like how dirty it is like it's disgusting like you know i was making sure i washed my hands all the time had gloves on all the time when handling food then i saw like my coworkers they just pick up food with their bare hands and stuff throw it in i'm like this is stuff people is eating like they drop something on the ground put it back in the can i'm like bro what like disgusting and then like we were cleaning up today and this one they don't even care about being clean at all but they got a literal hose and was hosing the kitchen down and <laughs> and, and uh <laughs> and this is the crazy part so they they got like uh we have these things called they're basically like cinnamon biscuits and blueberry biscuits so we make those and sell those same ones for like three or four days later and don't even refrigerate them or nothing. We just have them sitting out in, in plastic tins with a cover on it. And when somebody orders it, we just heat it up. And I'm like, one, that's disgusting. And two, I had to make the blueberry ones. So when I went to go get the blueberries, it said blueberry pellets. Oh, no, no, it didn't say blueberry pellets. It said blueberry flavored pellets. So I'm like, what the fuck is a blueberry flavored pellet? You feel me? Like, what is that? And then not only that, when it was, we were hosing it down, they like got the hose and the, and the butter and the cinnamon. And I was like, oh, we got like a bunch of hose water in this. What you want me to do? The managers are stirred it up. She was like, that's good. They kept it right there on the counter. And I was like, wow, I'm never like, this is, if this is what fast food is, I, I literally can't eat it no more. Bro, let me tell you, McDonald's, <laughs> is, McDonald's is no better. I remember 
this one time, and I'm I'm traumatized to be honest by this. But <laughs> have you ever heard of like a stalagmite? You said what? A stalagmite? Nah. Like the stuff that they look. Let me show you. It's the thing they have in caves, like the stuff that sticks down. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they pull the grill out, right, to clean behind there, or something was wrong with it actually, and it's like stalagmites of grease on the walls and on like the the pipature and i'm like dude like this is where the food is being cooked and i from this like i will never eat meat from there again but it's like that's insane that it's just that dirty and nobody knows i wanted to take a picture of it so bad so bad but i was like i don't know how much trouble i could get in doing this because i'm sure like I'd probably get in a lot for posting it or something, might get sued or something. But I was like, dude, like this is, and then I remember I seen the McRib for the first time. I've never had a McRib, but I seen it frozen. And I was like, bro, what? This looks like dog, like, like a dog treat. It's terrible. Yeah. Like it's crazy. You said that about the grease. Cause have you seen, have you ever seen the Simpsons movie? No. Which one? The, with the donut? Uh, the one where he had like the spider pig and he threw that up. So basically there was like this, he had like this big ass cylinder, probably like seven, eight feet tall. And it was filled with uh, a bunch of waste. And they had like a cylinder about seven, eight feet tall, filled to the top with grease. And I was like, wow, it is crazy. This is what's going in the bodies of everyday humans, of everyday citizens. Exactly. All this grease. And grease is so bad for you. Terrible. Yeah. Like, like one of the worst things, but when you see how much a fast food place uses or how much grease a fast food place uses, it'll it'll blow you away. Like for real. Buckets, literal buckets of grease. Not only that, yeah, we yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Filled to the brim, and they have um, they have markers of when they need to take it out, and it's at 1,800 1, pounds. That's when it gets taken out. So they have one thousand and eight hundred pounds of grease just sitting in the back of the store, like okay, whatever. And oh. then they have see I, since I'm with the biscuits, I work with butter a lot, literally cartons of butter. I'm like, that is disgusting. It just blows your mind, really. Which is also really bad for you. Terrible for you. Another thing that's just like, it makes everything unhealthy. But like, that's our, that's our, uh, our our cooking oil. Like I know in a lot of like black family households or any family, I know like in mine, like that's our, that was our like cooking, our cooking lubricant or whatever you put on the stove. Yeah, butter. Yeah, put butter on there to make sure the stuff doesn't burn or doesn't stick to the pan. Yeah, and it's like, see, and it's crazy because, like, I've been thinking, like, a lot lately about how I want to raise my kids and, like, what type of environment I want them to be in. And, like, I've been thinking, why do people, you know, think that sugary food and fatty and junk food is good? Is it because that's the thing that we were exposed to while we were developing and that's what our taste buds got used to? Because I guarantee you that 
if you fed somebody from the ages of three or from birth to let's say about 15 all they ate was plants and and like food that's actually genuinely good for you they would think that that's food is good because that's all they've ever been exposed to and as soon as you give them let's say i don't know just something random that people think is good so, so a burger or whatever as soon as you give them that, they're not going to magically be like, oh, yeah, this is delicious. They're going to think that's disgusting. And they're going to look at you crazy because they're going to be like, you're eating shit like this. But we think it's so good because that's what's like promoted. Well, I don't like a burger. Yeah, but I've heard like sugar. Can yeah, have sugar, a, definitely. No, I heard like sugar can have the same effect on you as like drugs do. So I it's really the most addictive substance on earth. Yeah, I really think that like sugar, I can't really speak for anything else, but like sugar, MSG, things like that are really like attacking your brain and your dopamine system to where it's you like you feel like you need it. Like it's it's a drug basically because, you know, some people have low blood sugar now and it's like they can't go without eating a piece of candy or something. They can't go without having any type of sugar. And it's like, I know that the Native Americans didn't have that. So it's like, where did we go wrong? And it's not even like, and it's not even natural sugar at that. Like it's not cane sugar or anything like that. It's sugar that's being made in factories, made in labs that's literally destroying what, it's like, it's literally like it, they outlaw drugs and it's literally, it has the same effect on us. But, and, it, exactly. and it's killing us too, it's killing. I bet you it's killing. It's regulated. So the government is making money off of this stuff. These corporations, these monopolies are making money off this stuff. When it's a fact that sugar, I think, is either eight or 13 times more addictive than cocaine. That's a fact. So it's like, y'all are just, and this is, this is what, you know, angers me about the American people. Y'all are allowing the government to tell you what is good for you and what's not. When in reality, the stuff that they're saying is okay for you to eat is worse than the stuff they're saying that you can't do. Exactly. They have drugs like weed, acid, uh, shrooms, DMT. All of these are illegal. They say they're like scheduled two or three or whatever, which is like one of the worst ones. And then, but things like sugar, you know, uh, grease, all this stuff, they allow because it makes them money when those are the things that are really killing people. Exactly. Like people are scared of COVID over 600,000 people die a year from cancer, like 500,000 people die from heart complications, all these things. Nobody's trying to regulate eating healthy. Nobody's trying to regulate eating, you know, a well-balanced meal. Mm -hmm. They'd rather just keep shoving the, these Popeye's chicken sandwiches down your throat. These donuts, all these sugary, disgusting foods they'd rather y'all keep eating that keep getting fat and dying and just fear monger y'all about stuff that really won't help you hurt you if you have a healthy lifestyle exactly yeah but but um yeah uh before we uh end on this topic there there was a good moment uh at work today where i met this uh young kid um well, I'm not going to call him, but this young adult, 
uh, he a junior in high school, and it was on my break. He uh, he said something to me. I forgot even how we started talking about it, but um, basically he was like just asking me uh, some questions, and I was giving him my answers. He was like, "You spiritual, huh?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then we just started talking a lot, and we basically had a good conversation about uh, what he thinks about Black Lives Matter and like. He tr he wants to get more into. Um, he said he's been meditating, but he wants to get more into. Um, he's trying to like really get to that next stage and stuff. So I was like, "Yeah, bro, I can. We can really help you. Me and my homie, we do this. Uh, and he has a you. He has a YouTube actually. It's low key. He began like two, three thousand views on it because he was reacting to uh, like the George Floyd stuff." and all that over the summer, all the Black Lives Matter stuff. But I was like, yeah, bro, um, you know, me and my homie, you can come check us out. You know, we can collab, do a pod, whatever. So that was like the highlight of today, but it was also a lot of bullshit in there too. <laughs> <laughs> That's good though. That's good though. Yeah, yeah. Because um, honestly, a good relationship can make the job, make the job fun. Just work. So, yeah, that's facts. You gotta do, and we are back. You feel me? What's good, people? Hope y'all enjoyed that first commercial break. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you've been skating lately? Of course, every day, except for, you know, when I was doing like my well, I still do it, but like when I was doing like two classes a day for my MMA, I couldn't do it because I was like I was super sore, but. Other than that, I mean, I missed like three days, but I've been skating like super heavy though. Like I skated yeah. for like six hours one day. Woke up stores, I don't know what, but you feel me? Yeah. I'm gonna go yeah. On me. You got to. Like you gotta that's the thing, like, and that's what I like about skating is you know, you don't gotta be a certain height, you don't gotta be, you know. Well, it helps if you're more athletic, but you don't got to be a certain athletic ability, none of that, to get to, you know, the pinnacle and be like a pro skater. You just got to really put the work in. Like, that's all it really is, is putting the work in. So that's why, like, every day I try to skate at least two to four hours just because, like, you know, the, the it's like, you got your age and then you got a skating age. At least that's how I see it for me. So mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm 19 about to turn 20, but my skating age, I'm not even a year old yet. But the more I'm on my board, the older I get faster. So I'm like, if I stay on my board, however many hours a day versus somebody that's only on their board, maybe a couple hours every week, then by default, I'm going to progress way faster than them just because I'm putting the work in more than them. Yeah. Look, you know what I really found out about skateboarding? And it, and it wasn't until, I think, yesterday, because I'm, I'm trying to learn nollies so bad because I want to learn nollie heel flips and nollie flips before I go back to school, which is like 20 days away, which, I, I mean, I'll just – I'll keep y'all posted on progress. It's not, it's not close. But – what I noticed is that it's really like, it's so mental that it's insane because it's like, 
yesterday, like, I literally just forced Nollies. Like, I did probably, like, probably close to 100 of them. And, I mean, they weren't all good or nothing. But I just I, – I was trying to do it. And then today, I think I did, like, two or three because I was trying to do other tricks. But I did, like, two or three, and they felt so much better. And I know it's because my brain – is communicating with my legs way better than they were. Like now they know what to do. Like it's crazy how yeah. much memory it is compared to yeah. like, like brute force and like brute, like like football or something where it's just like, go, 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 go. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. I don't think people, well, I don't think people who don't skate realize like mm. how mental it is because it's like, like it's mental. yeah, it's like, probably 80% mental 20 I'm gonna say like 70% mental 30% skill because like yeah you can be cold you can be able to do a kickflip right but doing a kickflip down a stair set will be so much harder even though it's literally the same thing you can ollie down the stair set you can do a kickflip but doing it down the stair foot is so much harder all because of the mental because yeah. like you making it harder yourself. So that's why I want to, is it really harder or are you making it harder because of the fear factor? Well, let me say that it's depending on the stair set, like it could be harder because some, some like say you do like a three stair where the stairs are like very close together. So it's kind of like steep on something like that. You can just pop it and flick it like normal, I guess. But if it's like, like that three star at like JC, you gotta like kind of push it out there. So you gotta, yeah. which you could do like on flat and I'm sure you do it, but it's like, like you said, it's a mental game. So now you feel like you have to push it out and catch it and land it. And it's like skating down things, it's not harder. I mean, it, it's way harder, but it's not like, unless it's a certain trick, it's, it's the same thing. Like as far as like kick flips, it's the same thing. Now, when you go to like, like hard flips or I've never done a hard flip down something, but I'm sure that's different or like a tray flip because it has to flip slower, but it's like you do, it does take some time to like adjust to what, to what trick you're doing and like how, yeah. to, how to distribute your weight properly. That's probably the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, I just learned how to uh, board slide, you know, Sir. I liked about that, but I realized, like, that's how – well, I would already knew how mental it was from when I was uh, trying to learn how to ollie back in, what, March or April? Yeah, because you were trying board slides out here. For real? Yeah. Uh -huh. I remember that. And then you, you tried it, like, on a little – on that little square rail, and your leg got caught up in it, and you, like, leaned back. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I thought you, like, tore something. <laughs> yeah, I, that's just funny. Bro, that is one thing, like, and I want to get back to that because when I was out there, I was really, like, falling a lot and not caring like that. And now up here, like, I'll fall, like, once or twice and be like, man, fuck this. I think it's but now. You feel me? Yeah, for real. That's yeah. bad. If you skate with homies, like, you're going to want to, like, just keep going. And yeah. that's why I'm going to go to the skate park way more. What'd you say? You get like a boost of like adrenaline and testosterone for some. Like when I was skating with Mike, well, that was kind of weird testosterone. 
Anyways, when I was skating with Mike, like, I would fall and get right back up, like, energized. And, like, that was my second skate session of the day. Usually when I fall, yeah. I'm sitting there kind of not hurt, but just like, damn, I really got to get back Yeah, up. and you, like, and you in your own head now. Because it's yeah. like, like I said, it's, like you said, like we said, it's mental. Mm -hmm. So, like, you in your own head telling yourself you don't really want to do this. You can't get a trick. So now you just want to leave the park. But when you with your homie, it's just like you don't want to leave, so you just want to keep trying it, and they hyping you up. So like it's that double motivation factor. But yeah. um, yeah, oh yeah, I I was I went to the Outer Banks, and you know that was my first time being around a skate or being close enough to a skate park to where I could skate there for like the first time in about a month and a half. So. I was there literally every day for about six to anywhere from six to eight hours each day. And we were there three days, except for my last day, because we left in the morning. I was only there for two or three hours. But uh, every day we got there, like we got there on, uh, what was it? I'm trying to think. I think it was Sunday. Yeah, we left Sunday, got there Sunday, went straight to the skate park skated it was a bunch of, it wasn't even a big one but there was like a lot of people and you know I was just working on some stuff um skated around for like an hour or two left went back later that night skated for like another hour or two worked on some that's when I got my first uh rock the regular which is way harder than a rock the fakie but um and then uh and you know I just I was working on pumping more because they had like a real like bowl type thing to where like I could like really try and work on pumping which that is like way harder than I thought it was like trying to go fast I'm like how the fuck do people just be zooming around on that shit but, I remember one time in the park in Reno it's like a little bowl but I mean it's still like pretty deep I went with my girlfriend and we were and like I thought I was like kind of cold or whatever like at pump because I was like I know how to pump up and down like that's not hard but I tried yeah. to like in the cert like you know how they be going on the side of the board yeah bro I was like let me just stop I bust before I really fall in front of like but I mean because like that's who filmed me today and I I was falling but I got back up because I was like I was excited because like a homie factor you know even though like I mean I guess it's like the same thing I guess I guess like a homie factor and like I was getting up and I was like, okay, like I eat that, let's do it. You feel me? Yeah, facts. That was just like a little, little backtrack back to the homies. Yeah. Go ahead, keep going. Yeah. Oh, but um, yeah, like I was kind of trying to work on doing that, and like trying to uh work on like going up on the, cause they had like a super big uh wall that I guess people did wall rides on. So I was trying to like go super high on that. And come back down just fakey because like I, I mean i came some like i did a kick turn on some <laughs> i know sorry <laughs> i did a kick turn on some and that's another oh yeah i forgot to tell you um yeah i i got back or front side kick turns whichever the opposite way the easy one is oh, i did those i because i've been working on those in the parking lot like heavy and then like they kind of like feel more natural to me now but um yeah, that, and uh, I tried learning how to air out, but that shit is just too scary for me right now. 
way too scary. Like I just I don't know. It just doesn't it doesn't sit right with me, I guess. But I haven't dropped, like, I haven't even dropped in since like probably like August. But like See, but I really don't have like it's like I just don't need to. So it's like I'm not gonna yeah, I feel that. not not put myself in danger, but I'm just not gonna like just drop in to drop in. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. I remember like I was trying to I tried to drop in my first day skating. <laughs> I was because I didn't think it was hard. I was like, all right, let me let me do this. And then I'm glad I'm glad that I started my first day. Cause like if you if you like just look at something and you trying to do it yeah. without knowing how hard it is, then like that'll make it easier to learn. Cause like once you know how some hard something is, then you're gonna be scared to try it and shit. So like I was kind of glad that I that I got dropped in so early. Yeah. It's like once you know the actual like what bad could really happen, then like then you can start getting scared. But like if you just yeah, there, it's like, like I exactly can't. that's that's why I can't 50 50 because like I literally I saw this dude broke his wrist on on a 50 50 rail and That's I was like terrible. yeah yeah and, and but I was like I was just thinking I was like I do so much stuff where I could break my wrist but I'm over here scared to do a 50 50 bro because like a rail, like a rail and like 50 50 on the rail is like one of the hardest tricks like some pros don't even do it because it's so hard. It's like it's suit like it's literally night and day from a ledge. Like a le- like 50 50s on a ledge is probably like your like your beginner trick. Like that's the trick you start off with. But like 50 50s on a rail, you probably don't even that's probably like the sixth trick people learn. You feel me? Yeah. It's so scary. And I was trying to I'm trying to learn them, but I'm not like I don't know. I don't really that's why I was like more. That's why I like. I always thought board slides was easier than fifty fifties, just because like I I felt like I had more control with a board slide. Like I would have more control because I'm like basically just ollieing and, and standing up, like basically essentially. And all and, you got to do is like, I mean, not all you got to do, but it's more like surface area to land too. Like because when you fifty fifty, yeah, it's like. You can't just put your trucks on there. Like it's not as simple as just like on a ledge, you just put your trucks on there. But on a on a rail, you gotta either land it to where I think they called it a crisscross lock-in, where like you have let's just say the right side of your one truck and then the left side. I mean wait. Your front truck on the right and then your back truck on the left. Wait, front truck on the right. Yeah. Or it's like like this your front truck will be towards on the on the right side of your truck which means you'll be you'll be like leaning left and then your back truck is going to be on your your left side which means it's going to be pointed towards towards the right so when you ollie your back foot goes right your left foot your left one goes left you feel me if that makes sense if you ride regular if that makes any sense at all so that's how you like lock in that's why it's way harder because you got to find those sweet spots on a rail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like hella hard. Sure. What the? That's f- why, like, yeah. That's why I'm just like not. I don't know. I'm not really. I mean, I want to learn how to fifty fifty. I'm. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna get it. 
as soon as I get back to um to school, just because like it's like a good uh there's a easy uh ledge that I can learn it on, but yeah, I'm it's like I I'm I'm all right with where I'm at right now because like I was so hyped getting the the board slide. First off, like because I got my first one on on the ledge, and I was like, all right, well if I got this on the ledge, I can probably for sure get it on the uh, rail. Just because I heard that board sliding a ledge is harder than doing a rail. Mm-hmm. So then I went over to to get it on the the rail, and I got it. And I was like, and that's how I knew like I was really battling some shit. Cause I woke up at like 7 a.m., went to the skate park, and I didn't leave till like 10. And I think I was literally just trying to board slide the the ledge for like an hour, 30 minutes straight, like not doing nothing else. And then uh, when I went back, I spent like I think I was there for like two hours. And the bulk of the time, I was just sitting there going back and forth trying to uh, board slide the rail, which I, I mean, I did it a couple of times, but like, that's literally all I was working on. But the last day when I went back in the morning and went, uh, like, it, it, that, back to what you said, like, the, the muscle men- memory and mental thing, it, it was like so much easier. Like, I, I actually, got into it smoother and I like landed way smoother than I was the first day because like I knew what I was doing now like my body knew what to do yeah like I remember the first day it's crazy because I did a wheelie on accident on a rail though so like I was like what the heck because I was being lazy and I almost busting my shit yeah. like hella bad. That's a huge so like, really on the board slide. That shit sounds scary. Yeah, because I went, I was riding, you know, up to it and I'm about to do, because you know, like I was the, the back 180 um, motion. So I did that, but I didn't like really twist my shoulders. So I just basically ollied and twisted it enough for that front. I don't even know if it was a willy though, because like it was almost like a front a front five o or like uh yeah honestly that's what I would say it was almost like because I ollied on it mm-hmm. and like let's just say this is the rail right yeah. and this is me and instead of doing like that in board sliding I'm ollied on it and I ollied like that angled. So I was angled like that. This is the rail straight. I'm angled like this, and I rolled off like that with my truck on. Was but it, it was only was on, it on the side of was tail in the air? Yeah, like it was like in the air, like up, or was it just like off the ground? It was it was higher than my front truck. That's a crook. For real? Yeah, I did that shit on accident too, bro. And I I was like, yeah. what I let. I landed it and I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And I tried it again, but that shit did not work. Yeah, that was like hella scary. I was like, what the fuck? But yeah, um, yeah, that's basically what I've been on doing skating lately. Oh, I, I lead over 
first trash can. It wasn't like a super big one, but you know, it was just leave it at trash can. (laughs) 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 On me. Yeah. Um it crazy thing is I accidentally burned that trash can like 30 minutes after that. Burned it? Yeah, you know, quick story time for y'all. Um it was Christmas Day. You know, I don't celebrate Christmas, just so I know. But for what y'all call Christmas Day, December 25th, um, you know, got my first Ollie over a trash can, was hype. Uh, found out I didn't have a lighter, right? So I had this bright idea, you know. <laughs> I was going to light um, some papers on fire and use that to, to light my spliff. <laughs> right and it worked now it worked but the ember didn't go out on the paper so i put the paper in the trash can but it was still burning and this is the crazy part bro i went skating around and my split went out for some reason so i'm like what the heck and i was and, and i was literally about to just keep skating away from my house but then I was, something told me to go back. I was like, man, it's kind of cold. Let me just go back. I get there, the whole trash can is on fire. Flames like <laughs> five, like literally like four to five feet above the trash can, about to catch on the bushes on fire. And my mom lives in an apartment complex. Like basically, it could have been way, way worse than it actually was <laughs> if I would have kept out there and skated. I was like, bro, what? That was like really crazy. But bro, that's yeah. Just, uh that was a fire story. <laughs> <laughs> bro, yeah. that like really trauma. I was like, wow. Cause like it just was going through my head like, dang, if I wouldn't have came back, that could have been terrible. Like can, some shit really would have caught on fire. Can you give us can you give us a trip tip on board slides? You said what? You give us a trick tip on board slides. Um, backside board slides, just to be like specific. Back backside. Is that the one that I did? Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> trick tip. Uh, basically, all I would say is, you gotta like actually do it. Like you can't go in there half trying to do it and expect you know you're going to do a board slide because you're only going to get hurt that way you got to like really go in there trying to ollie up there Mm -hmm. and board slide like you can't try and tiptoe around it you got to do it and in order to do it you're going to have to fall a couple times to know how to do it so my tip would be just do it literally like i know that's a terrible tip but like for those of y'all that's out there skating if you can back 180 front 180 you can or front 180 mm-hmm. you can board slide Literally. all you got to do is do it like that's really and i know like mm. y'all gonna hate that shit like me saying that oh just do that's like really all it is all you got to do is do it and not be scared about it bro all right i'm gonna do a trick tip I'm gonna do it for front board sides. You feel me? Something that's that I really shouldn't even I shouldn't have tried because I don't know how to do back 180s yet. But 
we're just gonna we're just gonna forget back 180s right now because I I don't like those. But and I actually was trying to learn them like yesterday. I couldn't. I just I was like fuck it. But front board slides, you feel me? It's the same thing. You got to do it because if you half-ass a front board slide and like you just try to ollie up there, you will slip out and probably bust your face like pretty bad. So you got to really. That's what and that's what I used to do. I used to try to just. Cause you like on the front board side, you kind of just lift, like some people just lift their board up and just get on there. But like on a front board, you got to actually ollie. So I was like, so you, so when you do it, you got to really ollie on top of there and make sure that it's waxed like really good. Because if not, I, and I'm sure this is for, for, for the backside board sides too, make sure it's waxed. Cause if it, if it's not, you will get stuck and either fall forward or fall backward very bad. But just do it. You feel me? Like, I feel like on a lot of like, like rail tricks or whatever, it's really just a matter of doing it. Like there's not like when it comes like flip tricks or like flat ground tricks, then it's kind of like, yeah, break down the anatomy of it. You feel me? But just do it. Just let your Yeah. Just let your nuts drag and do that shit. Exactly. That's all it is. It's coming every single video you feel me because we got to help people out yeah and you know we can help each other out in the process mm-hmm. but um more you helping me but oh, you can, <laughs> if you got back 180s you'll probably get back 180s before i do so go ahead because i i just i gave up on them i'm done yeah i mean so back 180s like you oh yeah 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 I mean, those are like, yeah, sure I can kind of do them. But they, they see, I have my days with those. Yeah, like, it, it honestly depends if I'm really trying to like be on like some pro pro skater shit. Don't give a fuck about falling that day <laughs> because sometimes my shoulder will like just get stuck mid turn. <laughs> I'm like, my board will do the, the like it'll do like the 180. But my shoulder is over here stuck mid-turn. So one of my feet is on and the other one's off. And I'll just bust my ass. And then, like, I'm not really trying to do nothing the rest of the day. Like, I mean, I'll still skate, but I'm not really trying to go all out. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think which. I mean, bro, honestly, it's, like, I feel like I have, like, a good, a pretty decent trick inventory. But it's just, like, they're not as consistent as I want them to be. You feel me? Like, like tray flips, I'm just now getting consistently to where I feel like I could land like five and maybe not five, like four in a row if I wanted to. But like, let me see what trick is like not consistent. Like fakie tray flips, I could, if you were to give me 10 tries, I could probably land like two if that on a great day, I could probably land two. Hard flips, still not consistent. But I feel like it's because like I just switched my board too, because like the board that I had before had no concave at all. So it was like pretty flat. And like the board that I have now has hella concave and hella pop. It's probably like my favorite board, but it has hella pop too. Yeah, I wanna, you know, my trick inventory, not that deep. Um, <laughs> I mean, I got Ollie's, you know, those are whatever. <laughs> I can pop shove, 
Can't do that. I can't. I can't pop seven either. I low key lost the French show. I don't know how either. I was like, I was trying to do them. I was like, how the fuck do I do this? Because the board just keeps flying off to the side. I'll get them. I'm gonna get them back tomorrow probably. But lost those for a time being. That's crazy. <laughs> That's another thing about skating. Like, it's crazy. Like how easy it is to lose something if you're not doing it. Yeah. That's why, like, every time I go to the skate park, I make sure I drop in every single time, a couple times, like, at least 10 times, just so I don't lose that. Yeah. But like, I would hate to have to relearn that. And it's like you lo- like you really got to drill it into your head, like, how to do something. When yeah. It's crazy. Because if not, you'll come back the next day and be like, how the how did I like I look at some of the stuff I did before I went to Reno and I was like, like, how did I not how did I do that, but just like how did I stir up the balls to even try that? Like yeah. sliding that little down rail at the at the park that we go to. Like I know I could do it. That was cold. It was just like, why would I like why at that Ooh. level when I could like not barely board side, but I wasn't board side half as good as I am now? Like, how did I force myself to really try that shit? Yeah, like that was kind of like with me when I was first learning rock to fakies at that park. And then like, I think my first day rock to faking. And then right after that, I I rode up on the, I rode up on the, uh, on the, uh, the ramp and then went down it the same time. And like, I couldn't, I literally couldn't do that again until like, I think about a month ago. And I was like, how the fuck did I do that? That's what I was trying to figure out the whole time. And it's like really back to that muscle memory thing. Like if I go like a day or two without skating, it'll be hard for, well, it won't be hard, but it'll take longer than I want to for me to like get a consistently nice uh, <laughs> ollie over some shit. <laughs> no, nah, you're good. <laughs> oh no, what the hell just happened in my, what happened? Bruh. Um. Yeah. What What do you think about that uh, Mason Silva, uh, skater of the year pick? I I'm in full support of it. I feel like he really deserved it. Yeah. He put out came out with some fire parts, bro. Like five of them too. Like, <laughs> like niggas. Like I'll be thinking about that too now that I like really skate. And I'm not gonna say I film a lot, but you know I try to film every now whenever like I skate with somebody. And I was like, damn, you can't even put like, you know how long it is, how hard it is to put five minutes together for like a skate park. And he did five minutes. Well, I don't know if they were all five minutes, but he did like, let's just say four just to, you know, keep it safe. Yeah, there was at least three of them was four minutes. He had that Instagram one that was two minutes for real skateboards, but all of it was still bangers. And he had a long one, didn't he? He had the Nike SB one. That was like five or six minutes. He had the Spitfire one. Spitfire, that was four minutes. I'm pretty sure he had like a 12-minute one. Yeah, I, I think he had like a, a really long one, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. either way, bro, he deserved it 100%. Facts. I mean, everybody, because like, everybody what deserved people, it, but he deserved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And what people don't get is like you spend literally hours trying to get like a five second clip yeah so the fact that so let's just put that 
let's say he had five, five, or all of them was five to 10 second clips. Let's just say 10 to make it short. That means he had to get 30, 30 clips for that one five minute video. Yeah. And each clip probably took anywhere from 30 minutes to like three to like two weeks probably. Mm -hmm. And that's not counting all like the preparation, trying to find a filmer, trying to, you know, make sure the spot's okay. Make sure there's no foot traffic. Getting kicked out of the spot, being hurt. That's insane, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm in full support of it. I'm glad that he got it. And I'm happy his filmer got the first filmer of the year award. That was pretty cool. Especially because that that video with uh, Louis Lopez, uh, Ryan Reed, that's his filmer's name, and Mason, it had just came out on a Thrasher. And they were like all homies since like the seventh grade or something. Yeah. And they were cold back then. Oh, you know what I was looking <laughs> at it? I mean, what I was looking at, which was so crazy. I was like, a lot of these, well, I'm not gonna say a lot of these niggas, but I'm gonna just say like the people I was looking at was like Earl Sweatshirt and Nakel Smith and like Sage El Cesar. I was like, bro, that's crazy. Like these niggas have really been friends with each other since like 20, whenever, like 2013, 2014, which is crazy, bro. Like, after all, like, the notoriety, the fame, I guess you could say, especially for Earl Sweatshirt, because he is, like, a celebrity, technically. But, like, they really just stayed friends and stayed homies. And I was like, I wonder, I wonder if there's a different bond that skateboarding just brings along with it. Because I, I feel like there has to be. Yeah, facts. Cause like you know how hard it is. Yeah, and these people are friends since they're like a lot of the people, like like Jolly for example, him with like most of the IC team are like you can find videos from like 2012 of them, and they're all together. What is this? Yeah, like Aramis and yeah. yeah, yeah, especially like Jolly and Aramis, they've been cool for a while. Like right. there was this one day in the homies video where Aramis beat up this. I <laughs> I don't know if he was homeless, but. He beat up this dude because he broke Dolly's door. And I was like, damn, one, that's a real-ass homie. Because Dolly, Dolly, he was like, bro, it's not even like, don't even fight him. Like, it's not even a big deal. And he was still out there fighting for Bro, him. he was a bro. savage about it, too. He was like, bro, I'm going to beat his ass. I'm like, oh, I was like, damn, bro. Like, that's oh, real. It was cute. It was like 13, 14. Nah, he was 17. But. Oh, that was pretty old. Them niggas are grown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but. You know, they still been like homies for a long yeah. ass time because from sophomore year, probably because they've probably been homies since they were like 14, 15, and they're like 24, 25, 26 right now. And just think about like all the friends we went into high school with exactly, that we didn't even stay friends with after like a year or two. Exactly. And, and I feel like this is like a good, you know, kind of like segue. This is probably like one of my best segues I've ever did into the Godspeed video because, well, that wasn't even that good, but it was almost good. Anyways, it's crazy like how they grew up and like we seen them as kids and it like, it's almost weird because it's like, we like, I feel like we kind of seen them grow into- Especially Tyshawn. Yeah, like Tyshawn, Aramis, all like we seen them like as kids. Well, now I seen them as kids. I didn't see them like when they were- yeah. 
it would have been like way cooler yeah if we were seeing Ty because yeah. Tyson's the main one with me because like in the IC videos you see him like he's like literally he's one he was way younger than all well he's still younger than him but he was like <laughs> 13 and shit and they was like 17 and whatever mm-hmm. and like he was short you know he had big clothes on bad as fuck super bad but <laughs> You can like see like him growing up in these videos, yeah. and like him just looking older and getting taller and becoming more mature. Like that's super cool. Crazy, like, and 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 it's even crazier for us seeing it like now because it's like we could literally pull up a video from 2012 where he looks like a child, and then pull up a video now and be like, "What?" Like he's been good for all these years, which is it still blows my mind that like. When they were 14, they were doing the stuff that they're not doing the same things, but they are basically doing the same things that they're doing now. But the segue was to the Godspeed video because I wanted to bring up like how he really wanted to base this off like the day with the homies and stuff like that, which you watch, I watch some of the greatest videos that you could watch because it just shows like the true nature of skateboarding with friends. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy how it went from that, like what you said, like Aramis beating up a homeless dude to now they're on complex and they're like, or he produced his own like skate video. And it's crazy. What were your thoughts on the Godspeed video? You know, um, first of all, I just wanted to say, you know, amazing production, amazing video. Jolly, so proud of y'all and all the IC team. Even though y'all probably not gonna hear this, <laughs> but you know it was. If y'all do, perfect. yeah. If y'all do, you know, get on the pod, hop on the pod. But you know, it was great. You know, I'm, I'm so, I was so proud just seeing it because I know like you worked so hard on it, like you put so much time and effort into it, and to see, you know, it blossom into what it was, and like you said, especially seeing like going back to when he had the GoPro and was filming the day and the homies. And now you look at the God video, you can just see, or the Godspeed video, you can see his progression. And it's like, so like, that's inspiring in itself. Like you can see where somebody started, not necessarily at the bottom. Well, yeah, at the bottom, Mm -hmm. you know, he wasn't, you know, rich at all didn't have no money really was in the hoods of LA you know in apartments you know him and his homies would literally be struggling to get money to eat for gas all of that and now you see them all on this Godspeed video traveling all over the country all over the world to film skateboarding parts mm-hmm. with the best technology they went from using GoPros that were you know, pretty bad to now they're using all these good cameras at these six spots. So yeah, that was just like inspiring in itself. But, you know, the, the skate video itself was super cold. Like, bro, like, <laughs> like the tricks were obviously great, but like the production level, like the song choice, how it like would cut out and then like a person would be talking and then they'll go to like, bro, it's crazy. Like, and I'm not like trying I to... saw part. Yeah. When his started, and it was like the champ is here. And he was just bro, I was like, bruh. Bro, and it was like, I'm not trying to take obviously, like, I'm not taking anything away from the skaters, but it's like, bro, like the skaters would have made the video itself, but the production, like, 
it, it added so much to it that you can't like first of all first of all he started off with a, a Frank Ocean song which is just fire in itself he named it after yeah, a Frank Ocean exactly song. and I was just like bro like this is crazy because it's like when I would hear about like all these like Tyler creating them I didn't know that they were so deep into the skateboarding culture that like like yeah. is in an IC video and it is yeah yeah. But like the video, bro, is is fire, and like I know we had a couple things to say about it. You feel me? Just because we wanted to see more more Nakel Smith. You feel that's who like I was excited to see. I mean, I was excited to see like a shot where, but I was like, I, I wanted to see more Nakel and Tyshawn. Yeah, but you know, still, nevertheless, it was an amazing video. Yeah, and um, you know, I was. Before it came out, I listened to, I think it, it came out on Thrasher, like the preview of it or whatever. And not the preview, the preview, the trailer came out. I know what you're on, talking about. Yeah, yeah, like where he was talking about it. And he was talking about, he was like, honestly, and this is uh, Jolly uh, talking. He was like, honestly, I just wanted to film something that was, uh, that was, that could showcase how cool my friends were. That's so and, like. Cause you don't even so see Jolly, like you don't even see Jolly throughout the whole video. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same so, thing with Mikey with the IC videos. Yeah. Like they're doing all of it, but you don't even see that. They're literally just showing you their friends and trying to show you how cool their friends and how good of a time they have together. Exactly. And like that's what's so beautiful about it because it's so selfless. Exactly, bro. And they're not just like regular filmers, especially especially Mikey. Because Mikey does so much outside of filming, but like they're not even like regular filmers and they still don't like hog the spotlight. You feel me? And Jolly could really skate too. Like, I, I don't know if you've seen his Instagram, but like he's like actually cold as fuck. And like he doesn't, he's not gonna post his own skateboarding, which is which is crazy to me. Cause if I was that good, nigga, Thanks. I'll put the camera. But the, the thing is, he'd be like, you gotta remember, he around not killing shit. So like, bro, he's like up there. Like he could hang for sure. Like it wouldn't just be like me versus not kill. It'll be like the same. Like it'll be the same. So you think he beat you in a game of skate? Yes, bro. I gotta see some clips. Nolly, could he beat me? Yes, yes, bro. He would beat the shit out of me in a game of skate. <laughs> but I'm telling you, he's really cold. Like he's not like. See, damn. See, like. I'm, that's why I'm hesitant to call myself a skater. Like, I wanted to call myself a skater as soon as I got a kickflip, especially now that I got the board slide. So I'm like, all right, yeah. But now it's like, I don't want to call myself a skater and then filmers is over here. Oh, but, but you <laughs> filmers skate every day. Like, yeah, that's yeah. and you got to be cold to film because exactly. like. Some filmers be ollieing down four stairs, <laughs> holding the camera steady. And I saw one video, the dude, a filmer literally ollied up a four stair, didn't lose nothing. I was like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Yeah, bro. Yeah. But shout out to, you feel me, the guy, to Dolly and IC. If y'all want to yeah. get outside, we'll, we'll try to make room for y'all if y'all want to hop on. You feel me? Nah, fuck that. We'll make room. <laughs> 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 but um yeah like yeah uh what were your favorite parts the Ashad one 
Yeah. Alex I like the Robert Neal one too and uh the ish Sapita Sapita. Yeah. Also, I wanted to see and honestly all of them were really good. But I wanted to see more from uh Aramis too, but I think he was hurt. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think he, he's been hurt for a while, I think. Yeah. Aramis was cold when he was young. Like super cold. Crew, like the Cabby Club. Them niggas was cold. I want them to come out with some more stuff. Yeah, I don't even think they like skate with each other like that anymore. No, nah, I think they still do. Really? They just yeah, they just on like, different teams as well. Like yeah, because like most of them are with DC. Yeah. Because Aramis, he used to be with DC, and then he went with IC, and like most, because some of the Cavi Club, they were in the Godspeed video. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like the the young dude, the the one with the afro, he was Bar- in it. His name is Barante or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that oh, and the one dude, good. yeah, I think three of them was in there. Yeah, but it's because they've all been homies with Jolly. They they all been homies. bunch of them. Like I feel like they don't. I just feel like since they're on different teams, they don't skate with each other. Because, like, usually when you go on skate trips, it's, like, with your team and stuff. I, th- yeah. I mean, I've, I've never been on a skate trip, but I think that's how it is. You know what I mean? That would be hella late on a skate trip. Well, Mia, we're going to have an NBA skate trip in, like, like three years. You feel me? Yeah, I got to get way colder. Yeah, I niggas going to waste money to go to China just to alley off a curve. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, once I hit like my first after I graduate for sure, because or maybe like oh the summer before graduation, because I have this part in mind that I want to get filming from my uh on campus. But um yeah, yeah, I'm definitely down to do that. I'm actually going to I might be going to Australia uh sometime soon because there there's this this program with my school that I, they gave me this grant to take this class. And it's like, it's kind of sort of prerequisite for this internship in Australia. So I might be doing that uh, and going there. And you know, like the skate scene out there is pretty big. So yeah. honestly, that's because we had to like write why they we should receive the grant because I was the only person to receive the grant. And I was like, and part of in my in my explanation, I was like, also I've been I just started skating, and the skate scene in uh, Australia is just so big. So I would love to have the chance to learn more about that culture and go out there, and you know be around because there's such like nice people or whatever. But um, you know before we get off this skating topic, mm-hmm. what I have to tell you, I ollied up a two stair for the first time too while I was over there. So yeah, All you right. feel me. Getting getting a little little something better. I'm I'm gonna try and get a three stair before before the summer, like Ollie and up a three stair. But so cool. And I remember I was showing I was showing my girlfriend a video of you doing the board side. And I was like, bro, I was like, bro, it feels so good to like to see you progress, knowing that like I kind of like put you on the skateboard. Not I mean I don't feel like I was like. Well, nah, yeah, nigga, you actually, definitely you put me really on. I thought that shit was weird before you. I thought I was like, I remember you was like, you trying to go to the skate park. I was like, nigga, what? <laughs> that was literally my reaction. But I was like, <laughs> bro, this like I was. I literally told her I was like, 
is it feels so good to to see like him like it almost feels like I'm progressing. You feel me? Like it almost yeah, good if that makes sense. Yeah, I think like yeah, especially like because you saw me when I was super trash. So trash. like. Oh. No, I'm just playing. Yeah, I mean, now, nah, not even playing. <laughs> so now, like, I mean, I'm still pretty trash, but, you know, I'm able to do stuff now. So that's, like, you just seeing, like, you know, you seeing the vision, you feel me? And, like, it's the same way with the people that I put on the skating at school. Like, you know, when one of them got the, their first ollie, like, he was so hyped, and I was probably hyper than him. So I was like, yeah, because, like, I know what you had to go through to get that. Bro, it's crazy. It's so it's so good to see because it's like – it's just like, damn, like, like, I get to see you grow. Like, anytime you get to see something grow, it should feel good unless you're just a hating-ass person. You feel me? Yeah. If you're not it's, a hating-ass person, you're going you gonna to understand where we're coming from. Exactly. It's like – I'm trying to think this – Oh, it's like this. Uh, you heard of the J. Cole, the, the J. Cole song, Note to Self? Mm-mm. Well, it was the last song on his, it was like the credit song on his uh, Four Seals Drive um, album. And basically, he was like, he was shouting out all of the the younger rappers he had uh, on signed on Dreamville. He was like, I'm appreciating watching y'all niggas grow up more than I more than when I did because now I get to actually look sit back and appreciate it because like you know when you trying to get to where you're going like I like for instance me you know I can only speak for myself but I didn't I'm not I didn't necessarily appreciate my growth because I was experiencing it every day I was working every day at it so you're not seeing your growth for what it really is but from your eyes, you can really appreciate it because you really remembered how trash I was. And now you're seeing me being able to do all this other stuff. And it's like, I mean, I'm not sure whether or not you truly appreciated your growth, but I think you're probably appreciating my growth a little more than you at probably the same when you were at the stage I am. Mm-hmm. because one you already knew what it took to get to that stage and two like you can actually sit here and like really appreciate it without being in your own head about it saying that you got to get better and saying that that's not good enough yeah because there's no comparison when it's like 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 with yourself it's like oh all these dudes are good but like when i'm thinking about you let's pause but when I like, look at your progression, I'm not like, damn, all these niggas are better than him. You feel me? Yeah, facts, exactly. I was going to say, and I also love how, like, we were able to catch stuff on video because we used to film ourselves. So, <laughs> we used to film ourselves so much, and it used to be so trash. But it's like, it just shows how far we've come. You feel me? And I like that's how I'm able to look at my progression and kind of like retrospect because I'm able to look back on those old videos. That way I'm not just, you know, living in the moment the whole time with this progression stuff. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Much. Yeah. That's why I like, sometimes I don't even delete my videos just so I can look back. Like, I mean, some of the trash ones I'll be like, bro. But, 
like I, I'm gonna try to like start holding on to them more because I really want to like look back mm-hmm. and really just post them for for other people that's like thinking about giving up just to give them motivation like nah keep going at it because you're gonna regret it if you give up bro facts because it's like and I bro I used to I thought about this like right when I stopped playing basketball and because I used to do like before my senior year I was doing calisthenics like super heavy like I was trying to learn the handstand push-up like I was dedicated and then once I got to like once I stopped playing basketball, I was like, damn. Cause my goal was like to start like a fitness page on Instagram. And I was like, damn, bro. Like I really stopped. And then I tried to pick it back up, but it's like, I just lost all that time because I wanted not to be lazy, but just because I stopped. And it was like, I could have been better because like really with anything, if you're truly, if you're truly in love with it or you, you're truly about it, it's going to come back around. You feel me? So exactly. if you quit, you're only doing yourself a disservice, a disservice because it's going to come back right back around. And you're going to wish that you did better or you're, that you're better than you are. The exactly. Work, but you quit. Exactly. So you time to practice instead of just riding the storm. Yeah. Cause it's like, no matter what we're going into tomorrow, you know, no matter what, no matter what, as soon as 2021 is over, we're going into 2022. There's nothing, there's nothing that's going to stop that. There's nothing that's going to stop time from moving on. So the fact that, you know, some people will be like, you know, they'll, they'll stop doing something and then try and pick it back up. Like you said, you just wasted all that time mm-hmm. because you know, whether you're, you're feeling lazy or whatever, that time is going to go past exactly. and you're not going to, and this is like, you really got to just push past and get through that mental barrier because that's all it is. It's really mental. Like if you're working out and you're deciding, oh, I'm not going to work out today because I'm tired. In six months, you're not going to remember being tired on that day. Exactly. But your body's going to remember you not working out or you working out from the growth it, it, it's, uh, it has, you know, been through. So time's going to keep going whether you like it or not. Yeah. So you can either use time or you can just let time go and not use it at all. Exactly. So what do you, what do you really want to do? Facts. And it, 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 that's why it's so important to be in tune with like your thoughts because you'll realize how much they control you and how much you can learn to control them. You feel me? Because it's like, like you said, time is going to pass on no matter what. And it's like, you either, you're either going to choose to ride out this storm, you know, or for the long run or temporarily choose to go where it looks nice. But Little do you know, the storm is just going in that direction. It's just, it's just going to hit you later on. You feel me? Literally. Yeah. The storm is just going to keep moving. And it's exactly. like. The storm not going to stop. So you're over here trying to set up camp mm-hmm. at this little rest stop because exactly. it's nice there right now. Not knowing the storm is going to come anyways. Yeah. So if you just keep. See, you can either keep going forward or you can stop, set up shop, waste all that time. Mm-hmm. Storm's still gonna hit you, but if you sure. keep going forward, you're gonna always be ahead of the storm. But every time you stop, 
you got to catch back up. And it's just that much harder every single time because, one, you're starting over from, from scratch. Mm-hmm. And, two, you already know that if you would have put this time in, you would be at set goal, set date. You would already have the body that you want. You'd already have the tricks that you want. You'd already be what you want to be at, where you wanted to be at. But since you stopped because you got lazy or because you got tired or because you were weak-minded, mm. now you got to start that, not even at level zero, at level negative five. Yeah. And, and this this is from, I think it's from a J. Cole lyric. You know, I never quote J. Cole because I don't really know him like that. But I think he said, the only thing worse than death is a regret-filled coffin. And it's like, that's so true. And, and not even on a coffin standpoint, but it's like, when have you ever regretted going to the gym? When have you ever regretted trying a new trick? Never. The only thing you regret exactly. is not trying or being lazy. Like, like exactly. six months, you're not going to be like, man, I regret going to, going to the gym six months ago. But you, you will literally lose sleep over the idea or lose sleep over the fact that you missed out on your opportunity to be at the body you want or to be at the, the, the place that you want to be because you wanted to be lazy. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I, I couldn't have said it better. You know, like, so many people, they'd rather feel comfortable now mm-hmm. and then deal with other stuff later. But yeah. if you deal with the pressing issues right now, then you won't have to deal with them later because they'll already be dealt with. And you won't be having, it won't even be in your mind because that time will have already passed. Like, you know, like you're not going to remember the day-to-day stuff that we're doing right now. We're not going to remember it. Like, you know, this is, and this is why, you know, I really like, even if we're tired, even if we have to get up super early in the morning or I got to stay up super late at night, I like, you know, forcing myself to do these podcasts because I'm not six months from now, I'm not going to remember what I was doing that stopped me from, that stopped me from doing the podcast. Mm -hmm. All I'm going to know is that I didn't do one. Exactly. And you're you're only going to know the outcome of you not doing it, which is going to hurt way more than like, it's going to hurt. Like, this is my thing. If you don't want to do something right now, it's it's gonna hurt way less to do that thing than to know in five months that you could have just did that one tiny thing and your whole future would have changed. Facts. Cause it's like, what's worse? What is worse? Doing something and failing or not trying and not knowing what could have been. Exactly. So because if you do something, if you fail, well, at least you know that that wasn't your path. Mm-hmm. But if you don't even try, then you just going, like you said, you got a coffin full of regrets because you didn't even try anything. Bro. You know, I used to do YouTube and I don't regret, you know, and even though some of the videos I had was cringy and like uh, some bot stuff, I don't regret making those videos. I regret stopping because of fear of what may have been in the future, fear of not making it. The mm-hmm. only thing holding people back is fear yeah and laziness but that even (laughs) that too even stems from fear because you wouldn't be lazy if you weren't afraid that what you were doing wasn't going to work if you knew what you were doing was going to work 
you would do then it. you would do you would keep doing it yeah but people get lazy and this goes back to the mental you know really every and this is like we really try to stress to y'all everything starts with your mind your mindset is literally key in your life because if you have a positive mindset then positive things will tend to happen to you but you have a negative mindset even if positive things happen to you you won't notice them because you're only paying attention to all the negative stuff that's happening so if you stay weak-minded then you're only going to degress and you're never going to get to where you want to be because you're not mentally strong in what you're trying to do yeah but if you can accept the failure and fall down and get back up then you'll be successful because you'll know not only how to fail but how to change things to be able to succeed later yeah and i want to bring up this quote because this is probably my favorite quote and i don't even know it's probably not even meant to be a quote but it was just something that my favorite skateboarder said and the reason why he's my favorite skateboarder is not because he skates the best or because you know he has the best style it's just because he tries everything. And this is this is from Nakel Smith. He was like, um, I'm I'm just trying to try everything. And it seems like so far, this is his quote. I'm saying his quote. And it seems like so far, as long as you put the work in, everything seems possible. And this is coming from a person who's a professional skateboarder, an actor, a rapper, a fashion model. And I was like, to me, that is, that's so true. Like, it's like, why not try everything and put the full effort in? Because you never know what would happen. Like, you never, like, I would have never knew that skateboarding would, like, if I were to just look at skateboarding, I wouldn't look at it and be like, wow, this is, this is going to be my career. It was never like that. It wasn't until I hopped on the board and was like, okay, like, this is my favorite thing to do. And a lot of people, especially today, are scared to try things. Yeah. And it's It's because they're scared of failure. Yeah, they're scared of failure, but they're also, and I think in in what comes along with failure, failure is embarrassment. A lot of people don't have the confidence in themselves or the, or the confidence in, in the people around them to not make fun of them for doing something. You feel me? Like, I know I went to play baseball today and I suck at baseball. Like I'm not good, but I mean, I know I'm not good, but I'm going to go out there and have a good time. Like, I know somebody watching, they would probably be like, bro, look how he swings. But it's like, I'm going to try, I'm going to do it because I want to do it and because it's fun. I can care less about what somebody else is going to say about me. You feel me? Because it's like, at the end of the day, what is their their opinions and their thoughts really going to do to me? The only opinion that should matter is yours. And as long as, even if you do suck at something like, me and Tommy aren't the best skateboarders at all, but we have the we have a fun time doing it and we love doing it. So it's like we're gonna keep pushing it. You exactly. just on Instagram, on Instagram, there's hella people co- posting cold ass clips. We're up here. Our first edit was terrible, but it was like we still did it because it was like we wanted to do it and we were proud of it and we didn't give we didn't give a damn about what facts. other. People That's facts. Cause I remember my first edit. With Boy, the- that shit was so <laughs> trash. I one literally the highlight was riding off the curb, and the beginning part I tried to skate up to it and do you know casual little 
tail slide, uh, not a tail slide, but whatever that's called. Like a stop? Just, I don't yeah. Know, stop on your tail? Yeah. <laughs> but, fucking almost fell. <laughs> but I was so proud of that video. Like, I was so hyped. So it's like, and, and like you said, yeah. like, when you said. What? And I was going to say, it's like, you got so much positive feedback on it, too. Like, yeah, that's fact. at the end of the day, bro, it's so, it's so true that, like, when people say real, recognize real. Because there's so many people, like, there's good-ass skateboarders that'll comment on your thing of you, like, ollieing up a curb. And it's like, you can see the support system. Like, you can see where your real support system is going to come from. Because a lot of yeah. people, there is going to be a lot of people that are going to laugh at you or be like, bro, that's not going to work. Even even the people that you, your so-called friends, exactly, probably going to laugh at you. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to also be a lot of people, or maybe not even a lot, but it's going to be a great group of people that are going to support you and be like, you can do this. And it may be people that you never even thought that, like there's people hitting me up about this podcast that I would have never thought would even listen to it. And they're like, this is this is great, yada, yada, yada. But it's my own friends that won't even give it a listen or won't even give me feedback. Exactly. Won't even support it. Exactly. Won't listen. Or if won't they do listen, they just talk down on it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you just got to learn how to be comfortable with not everybody thinking that the shit you're doing is cool. Because as, as long as you're enjoying it, that's all that matters. Because it's not hurting nobody. Yeah, at the end of the day, like, the the person talking shit is just another person at the end of the day. Who really cares? That's one person's opinion. If you're helping one person, that's what matters. Like, that's what's wrong with society. We tend to focus on the people who are not pleasing more than the ones that we are. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even, when I was doing YouTube, I don't even think, that people was really telling me that they didn't like it. But in the back of my head, that fear of people not liking it was so much greater than the enjoyment that of people that watched it and did like it, that it overpowered that and made me stop doing it. Yeah. And like, that's the worst feeling ever. Mm -hmm. It's like people, people thrive off of negativity or not thrive, but people like, that's that's where they get that's their like one of the new that's the currency of so, social media almost. Yeah, it's Negativity. like people get a thousand comments that say, Oh, you look great, yada yada yada. We get one comment that's like you look ugly as shit. And then they'll either be sad or they'll reply to that one, not saying thank you to none of the people that said you look great. And it's like that happens so much with, with people, you know, who are starting who are starting out with things because you have like I'll just bring up like SoundCloud rappers or like people who are, you know, trying to get, trying to be rappers. It's like, you'll have so many people that listen to it and that like it, but there'll be that one person or that one group of people that are like, man, this shit trash. You need to go ahead and change your, you feel me, change what you're doing. And then you do that just because you listen to that one negative thing instead of, exactly. instead of at least acknowledging and being like, nigga, it's 60,000 people over here that like it. You, you the one nigga that dislike it. And I'll exactly. pay them more attention than you would the 60,000 people that do like it. Yeah, like, we'd rather pay hate more more attention than love and support. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think that just goes back to people not having confidence in themselves. Yeah. You know, because if you're confident in yourself, 
you wouldn't care if somebody's hating on you. Exactly. Like, I remember I went out and played soccer. I knew I wasn't good. One, I'm pretty sure they was lying because they, they were saying I was being so cold and shit. I was like, bro, y'all don't got to watch me. But I was just doing it because I was having fun. You know, I wasn't trying to look – I wasn't trying to be cold at all. <laughs> I was just trying to, you know, exercise and have some fun. Yeah. Like, and that's what I like about, like, people that will do something knowing they're not good at it. Exactly. Like, I remember I went to the basketball court, and we was playing five-on-five, five, and this dude – this one dude started talking shit to this other dude. And the other dude, he was like – and he, he like, answered in an amazing way. He was like, bro, I know you're better than me. I don't play basketball like that. That's cool. I'm just <laughs> out here having fun. Nigga, and I was like, bro, was that like, is the fun. perfect way you could have responded. Yeah, bro, that's why, like, I literally – Bro, I try everything. Like, everything I possibly can try, I just go out and do it. Because it's, like, it's fun. To me. Like, if it's not fun, then I won't do it again. But everything that I've yes. tried, like, if somebody asks me to go play soccer, first of all, I'm allergic to grass. But I know that that shit is hella fun, so I'm going to go out and play soccer. I don't care. Like, when I play basketball now, that's why I feel like basketball is kind of fun now. Because it's, like, that's all I'm out there for. I'm not out there to look cold. I'm not out there to get recruited. I don't care hey. if you fall. I mean, you're not going to make me fall. But I don't care if you make me fall because at the end of the day, like, I'm just out here to have fun. And if exactly. you want to get mad, I'm having a great time. You feel me? So you just going to be mad by your damn self. <laughs> like, even that's if, what I'm saying. Exactly. If you mad, you going to – that's on you. Facts. Yeah, that's, that's facts. What's good, people? You know, back from the final commercial break, hope y'all – have been enjoying this podcast, you know, a little, little new year fun for y'all, or actually the last podcast of 2020. What a crazy year it's been, you know, but honestly, this is, has, has been by far my favorite year of my life. Yeah. By far, by fucking far, like by, by, <laughs> I don't, what's bigger than miles <laughs> by, by a lot. That's all I'm going to say. But, Oh, you said kilometers? Yeah. No, they're not. Yeah, I was, I, I was about to say how they are. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, you know, before we got off here, you know, we wanted to leave y'all with a little knowledge, you know, and, you know, talk about some of the literatures. Li yeah, literatures? Yeah. The, li <laughs> the books we've been reading lately. <laughs> <laughs> That's hella. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I told you, Andre. Uh, I I finished the animal animal farm book. Uh, I think about five days ago now, and that was pretty good by George Orwell. Basically, it's like it was. Uh, what's the word? It 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 basically used animals to to depict how people in this america not even the american society but people in a society are sheep and just follow the person that is leading them no matter what what they're leading them to no matter if it's right or not mm -hmm. and you know a big um a big sentiment of it was they made at the end they were talking about how 
all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. Meaning that, and if you apply that to people, you can just look, you know, let's not even bring race into it. Just look at it. All Americans, all people are created equal. You know, that's in the constitution. Man is, uh, every man was created equal. But if you look, for instance, right now at these, uh, at quarantine, politicians have much more freedoms than the average citizen. So all people are created equal, but some people are more equal than others because these politicians, you know, Obama, he was just in Hawaii. Uh, they're all being able to fly back and forth all over the country, still having dinners and stuff, still going to uh, baseball games and concerts, still doing all this stuff, whereas the regular citizens are being forced to stay in their home, forced to not work, forced to do all these things. So, yeah, that was like uh, a really eye-opening book for me to read. Well, not really eye-opening, but it just, you could really see the comparison and like how they compare it's not a long read at all, about 40 pages. If any of you guys want to read that, let me know. I can uh, send you the link that I used to read it. But um, I enjoy that book uh, a lot. Yeah. I think I think I, I, I was supposed to read it in like ninth grade, but I didn't. But I was going to uh, mention a book that I'm on. I'm actually on three books right now, but I, I've been really like, well, the first one is the Behold a Pale Horse, still on that one. The second one is a Can't Hurt Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, which is a motivational one. But the one I want to talk about, which I'm not far in it at all. I kind of just got it. It's called the um hold on, sorry, I'm trying to find it. The Book of Five Rings. You know, it's actually a book that Joe Rogan uh, recommended, but it's about this swordsman or like this warrior who lived in ancient Japan. And I think it was Japan. Yeah, he's but he basically killed, I think, like 60 men or 16, some something like that with, with his sword, like through sword fights. And he talks about how he used like art and like creativity to, to kill the to kill the people instead of just like brute force. And he, he talked about now I don't know if this is like I may be wrong, but the way that I interpret the, the summary of it was he basically is like, if you can learn art and how to use it in one thing, you can use it in everything. So that's what the book is. It's, it's, it's pretty good and it's written. It's cool how it's written from a person from like the 1400s or the 1600s, like, some, like a very long time ago. And it's cool to see like where their mind was back then. Cause it's like, it's fully, I mean, it's translated in English but it's like, it's his words. Yeah. That, that's what's up. Um, that definitely sounds like a good book. Um, yeah, yeah uh, I was, I've been on this one book. Uh, I'm forgetting the name. It's like, oh, how mathematicians think. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I've been, I, I, I'm a, I'm probably going to start it over at least, or at least start the chapter that I'm on over because like each chapter is a different concept. But, like, I stopped reading that just because I wanted to, like, read more about spirituality and stuff. And I wasn't, like, really into math. But I'm probably going to pick that back up because, like, it was, like, really, it was really simplifying the complex themes of 
mathematics for me and like making it way easier to understand to the point where, you know, I might may be confident to take some calculus classes, even though I don't even have to. Yes, sir. But, you know, just like, just to like, you know, be able to do it if I wanted to do some engineering type things in the future and like build some things. But um, this book that I started reading today that I wanted to finish today, but I'm probably not just because it's super late, but I'm definitely going to finish it tomorrow. It's called, um, hold up, let me get the name. I'm already halfway through it. It's called Melanin, What Makes Black People Black by Lillian or Layla Africa or Africa, something like that. I don't know. But basically, uh, in the book, it just details and talks about what melanin actually is and like what it does in the human body. And like, um, it kind of talks a little bit about how if how if you're melanated how around put this it talks about like how how certain people should live i'm a believer that all races are different species you know and that's like nothing racial but i think that black people are a different species white people are a different species uh asian people all that they're all different species, but we're all human. At the at the end of the day, we're all human, but you wouldn't call a lion just a regular old house cat. You know, it's just like that. Yeah, we're all humans, but it's like levels to this shit, basically. And I'm not even about to get into the levels. I'm just saying that's why I'm gonna keep it at. But uh basically in it, it's talking about like what melanin is, like how it's produced, what its uses are, and um, how if you're a melanated being, if you're living a certain way, you're basically not only anti-melanin, but anti-yourself because you're, you're actively playing into the things that is hurting your own self. So it's like, like one of the things it was talking about, it said how uh, unnatural light, such as TV screens, just light bulbs, uh, electricity currents, uh, eating meat and junk food and all that directly harms melanin. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we're literally living these lives surrounded by, this is our entire culture and we're accepting a culture that is literally the opposite of what our body is supposed to be around. And like, that's just really been opening my eyes. Well, I won't necessarily been opening my eyes, say opening my eyes, but it's been like really making me think a lot about the way that I live and how it is directly not only affecting my health in my body but affecting my mindset and like my potential or at least my humanly body's potential or, or what it could be yeah. and that's like really why i want to like 
uh, when I turned, well, not even when I, because age is really made up, to be honest. But once, like, I'm very, you know, comfortable and set and stable in life, I really want to get away from all of the electricity things. Like, I was thinking, like, I want to have a self-sustaining farm that I raise my kids on. And I don't want no electricity to be there at all. I want it to be all hydro and wind powered. But I, I mean, just the, so like I'm not completely cut off from the society. I'm gonna like have a bunker and that's where I'm gonna like have one monitor in there and like a, a cell phone. Just so like that, that current stays confined in that spot. And I could go in there, see what's happening wherever I need to. And then it stay confined there and it's not messing with, you know, my kids or any of that. And that's why, like, I kind of need to learn the math stuff and the engineering stuff, too. So, like, I know how to build stuff like that and how to fix it. Um, I was just going to say, you know, that, that was a beautiful, beautiful way to put the book. But I was going to say uh, my uh, my aunt had taken... Uh, like an ancestry test or DNA test or not DNA test, but like where you send it to find out where your origin is from. Yeah. Turns out that my fam, well, I get, yeah, I guess my family are, they come from, um, they're to, to car people from Cameroon. You feel me? Well, that's like where my, that's where like my, how do you say like my, maternal side would be from yeah your mom yeah well my grandma's side would be oh, from. Okay. we're still waiting on my like my dad's side but yeah that was just interesting i mean that was just something i was just throwing out there feel me yeah but um <laughs> that's that's what's up uh, yeah that's what's and i was like yeah uh, I don't know how much I trust those. Yeah, uh, that's what I was literally. Yeah, I don't know how much I trust those. But. but if it is true, then I would definitely like recommend any black person to do that because I think you know, that's important to know what part of Africa you're from and what part of what African people are your people. Because like a lot of people like just say Africa like it's just one country. It's literally yeah. <laughs> so many different groups of people like. Like Indians are Africans, but they don't look nothing like nothing like West. Like West Africans are the black ones, and then like once you go to like East Ethiopia, Africa, so. that's like the, they're like a different. They're like the light. They're not light, but they're lighter. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I think, yeah, I mean, yeah. If it works, you know, that's definitely cool. But I just don't really trust that ancestry stuff because they're taking your DNA and RNA and they're storing it somewhere. Mm -hmm. But um, what I like, I think that you can find that if you just look within and you meditate enough. And if you go to Africa and like really meditate on the African soil, I think you'll figure, you'll figure out what part you belong to. Yeah, It might take some time, but mm -hmm. I think it'll, it'll for sure happen. We're going on a trip to Africa. Because at the end of the day, this whole planet is ours. You feel me? We belong to the whole planet. And that's not just black people. That's like literally every race. Exactly. But especially so, black people because they can live anywhere. Yeah, yeah like, that's fact. And that's just, you know, that's literally science and biology. Don't get mad at us. But like, <laughs> yeah, but that's true. Like, 
I don't want to feel bounded to anywhere. You feel me? Like I want to, like when I travel the world, like I feel like there's going to be, there's a strong possibility that I might just leave America and live somewhere else. Like there's, I'm, I'm a thousand percent. No, I'm, I'm going to say 98 right now. 98. I, like I'm pretty sure like I don't want to live in America, but I mean, there is no, but actually, but, yeah. but fuck. yeah. Cause what is a, but for, Exactly. Like, like what's what do you but an excuse? What do what do niggas need excuses for? Right. What do females need a butt for? You tell me? Are you exactly. Just... I'd rather females have no butt and don't shit. Exactly. <laughs> if you're if you're a female and you go to the and you you feel me, you do number two, that's just childish. Bro, I remember the first day I realized girls shit it, I was <laughs> I was hurt. Yeah, I was just joking about that too. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. In case y'all didn't realize that, but like Childish Gambino said, and you know, this was our song of the week this week. Life's the biggest troll. Um, fuck, what did that nigga say? I literally just had it in my head. Hold up, hold up. He said, "Oh, oh, just remember you the shit, but act like it don't stink." We were childish, but had to grow up. When you spit in real shit, eventually you grow up. Reality's like allergies. I'm about to go nuts. Life's the biggest troll, but the jokes is on us. Yeah, the jokes you showed up. Uh, the jokes you showed up. Nigga, we ain't gonna never slow up. MDH, you know we finna go up. Gang. 